Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tome Travelers. This is episode 11, where we are talking about parts one and parts two of The Lies of Locke Lamora. Um, really excited. There's a lot that happened this episode that we're going to dive into, and I'm really excited for it. But we do have a couple of announcements before we get started. First, and it's kind of a big announcement for us, is we are officially launching our Tome Travelers Discord. So the link of it will be in the description of the YouTube video. I'm not sure if it will be in like the Spotify description or the Apple podcast description because I'm not sure. We can put it on the Facebook page. We can do that. Yeah, yeah. we'll also throw it on It'll our Facebook, on Facebook page. Too. So um, if you're really enjoying our content, go ahead and join our Discord and we're going to have channels for discussions and spoiler discussions. So that way we can we can all have, have fun there and not have to worry about spoiling things in the YouTube comments. Um, and then we're also announcing next month's book, which is uh, July's book. No, this month. Yes, July's book. I'm, I don't know what month it is. Um, but we are going to be reading uh, The Emperor's Blades by Brian Stavely. And it's the first book in a trilogy called The Chronicle of the Unhewn Throne. Um, I'm really excited for it. It was recommended to me by a good friend, so I'm excited to read it for the podcast. Um but yeah, spoiler warning for parts one and two of Lies of Locke Lamora. If you haven't read it, go read it. Trust me. You'll and many other books based on our uh, our question. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. true <laughs> um, but before we do get into into those spoilers, we have our fantasy question. So, Whitson, what is our fantasy question? What is your favorite moment, scene, chapter, or episode in fiction? So, so one self-contained uh, story arc or scene. Dylan, you want to go first? Yeah. So, first off, spoilers for Oathbringer. Oath Oathbringer? Oathbringer. Yep. Yeah, Oathbringer. If you have not read the book, Save do not listen. Just a little bit. Skip. Just a little just, bit. Just 10 seconds yeah. in the future. 10 seconds. 20 seconds. I tend to ramble. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is my favorite scene, but it's the first one that popped in my head, and it's an epic scene, but you have... Kaladin and Shadesmar trying to say the fourth ideal. You have Dalinar breaking down to Odium and about to turn to the dark side. And then you've got Yasna over here about to stab Renarin. And it's just bouncing back, literally like back and forth between their, their every page is a different one of them. And like they're each taking steps towards the war. And you don't know who's going to do what. And then all of a sudden, boom, convergence. <laughs> And it, it it's an epic scene. I was screaming. Dude, I was yelling. It's it's such a good one. It's such a good one. Um, mine was from the second book of that series, which is Words of Radiance. So if you're still here, keep going. If you haven't read read that yet, <laughs> but and I really I really like have to to like toss and turn between these two scenes in the book. But I think I'm gonna go with um not the end scene, but the one where Kaladin jumps into the ring to to help Adolin and Renarin. I like the first time I read that, I have full body chills. I was like, no, like his line that he has is goes so hard before he jumps in there. And like then they just start popping off. That that entire sequence of events was awesome. And it really it really took the Stormlight Archive to the next level for me. So that that that's mine. Epic, you want to take it? Yeah, so to jump away a bit from books, even though they're technically, they have books as well. Uh, spoiler warnings for Mass Effect. For anyone that doesn't know, or maybe you guys don't even know, I am a giant Mass Effect fan. It's my wallpaper. I have a full real-life Commander Shepard helmet that you can wear. <laughs> well, that fucking awesome. glows. Renegade, Paragon, etc. I love Mass Effect. And the scene that always sticks with me and jumps to my head for anything that's like my favorite scenes is the death of Anderson at the end of the third game. Where he's, yeah, you know, him and Shepard are having that sit down. They're both literally hanging on by a thread. You can probably hear it in my voice that I'm already getting emotional about it. Just thinking. <laughs> just like he looks over and is like, uh, talking about how he's proud of Shepard and everything. It just every time hits home and gets me like emotional, if not teary eyed. I cried the first time I saw this thing. I just, I oh, yeah. reading it, seeing it again, etc. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Those are good games, too. They, yeah, they oh, are. Yeah, all of them. Okay, so mine is uh, like probably 80% of my answers from King Killer Chronicles. 
um and it's in the first book pretty pretty soon into it when um both is in the forest with his loot and strings start to break and he's relearning how to play it with different like amounts of strings um yeah that, that scene's just gorgeous like the the forest and the music and the way that quote feels all of it is like really 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 well communicated and just gorgeous when he's trying to get his pipes is really good too yep yeah, uh the duet with uh Dena, that was that was one of the other ones that i thought of for this i still haven't read those books but i've heard just the writing is gorgeous in that book mm-hmm. So. Especially if you love music, uh, yeah, a lot of it is is very musical and tied to music. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, with our questions out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into episode eleven of the Tome Travelers. <laughs> look like you have a green screen back there yeah, yeah. <laughs> hay for the audio listeners he's just got hay bells behind him and it's all oh. you can see behind him is hay bells i'm yeah. in a hotel room <laughs> all right what's in are this you doing our decor. sure yeah um so the gentleman bastards have successfully fooled the salvaras thus far uh, their game has been interrupted by the great king and the falconer's intercession barsavi lost the daughter nazca that he thought uh was going to wedlock Locke narrowly avoided um, having to attend the meeting at the Echo Hole beside Bersavi uh, by poisoning himself and vomiting all over his uh, his room. Uh, when we leave him, he's locked in a barrel of horse piss, just like Nazca. Uh, and then we've learned a great deal in the past about John and how he became the brawler, the badass. Um, and Sabatha is still kind of a mystery. Uh, I think that's the majority of the, the major story points. Also, it's a wed space lock, not wedlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You ran your words together, and I was like, I wonder if he noticed that. Nope, sure didn't. <laughs> lock the character. The character. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Matt, Cam, what'd y'all think about this part, this half? This was... Okay, there's a lot right, to I'll, let, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. No, no, no. You, you could take it this time, because... Okay man so i'll be honest we ended the last episode and after we finished i told Witson, i was like i'm gonna be honest i'm not as hooked as you've been hyping it up to be and he was like i'm actually hurt like he was genuinely offended (laughs) that i was just like i'm not as into it as i as i have been and then we got in the call today to record this episode and i go Witson, i'm hooked now (laughs) and and they're like we got him but this part has just been so much fun to read like I love, like, they're building the world even more through it. Like, they, um, one of the parts that I just thought of was, like, super fun and creative was, like, they had a little, like, purge, essentially, where, like, all the thieves and stuff can, like, fight to get their sentences reduced and things like that. And, like, the, everyone's on their pleasure boats or whatever. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, the Revel. Yeah, the Revel. Um, and then I also just liked where the story went. Like, I felt like, there was more not like more direction where we're going like because in the beginning you're just kind of like what's happening like i don't know (laughs) and now i feel like i'm 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 understanding enough where we're going so i'm really enjoying it now and i'm really excited to keep going scott scott lynch's description i've noticed that on the reread his descriptions of scenes and the scenery immaculate yeah like Mm -hmm. it's so it's so good um, and it's because it's not boring either. A lot of the times when they get over descriptive, it gets boring. But the way right. he the way he words everything, it, it's not boring at all. It, it, it's fantastic. Well, I think it's just that it's always relevant to the scene, and he's only yeah. describing things that are like fantastical. Like he's not he's not describing like every like... speck of dust. He's right. saying like this is the you know he's talking about the five towers and he's like one yeah. is like the you know broken rainbows like an oil slick pool and like yeah. he's talking about things that are insane, incredible, fantastic. He's not I feel, I feel like maybe I I don't remember for sure. Like I can't think of an example, but I feel like he describes like like basic stuff really well too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sometimes sometimes yeah. he gets like really nitty gritty about it. But I think when he's doing the world building stuff, he's talking about like the most memorable part of it or even the filthiest part of it. Right. Like he's talking yeah. about Jean throwing yeah. the puke buckets out the window and he says, you know, Kamori are dumping shit in the Via Camarazza all the time. So yeah. you get the feeling that it's like gritty and nasty. And, yeah. Like, 
you you feel how like dense and shitty Kamor is. Yeah. Uh, but you also feel like that the Elder Glass makes you think that it's fantastical too. Yeah. So. And literally the next chapter, I believe, it describes. Maybe it's the next chapter. It describes the what's in the bridge. Um, or the big bridge? the big Elder Glass uh overlook. Where you can look down and see all of Kamor through the uh, through the glass. Oh, you're talking about one of the towers. Well, it's got like a huge bridge or whatever, and like you can look down and see all of Kamor while you're walking over it. I don't remember. Uh, it'll describe, but anyways, the way he describes that's really cool too. But mm-hmm. what about you, Cam? What uh, do you think? Oh, I definitely thought this was great. Um, completely different from Matt. I was hooked, and then now I am way hooked still just sitting here like <laughs> even earlier i was talking to witson where there were things where i'm like they there's it to skip ahead to the end of this sh- uh where we stopped off i'm like there's no way they killed Locke. it's the end of the <laughs> like it, the book is named after him there's no way they've mentioned jean being at the waterfall and all this stuff and then witson just goes okay and i'm like ah oh, but if they did that'd be so ballsy and he's like Huh, that's an interesting thought. So now I'm just sitting here like, oh my <laughs> god, what is it? And the what thing is, too, the thing is, too, is the book's called The Lies of Locke Lamora. So yep. even if he does yep, die, it, it could be necessarily it's, mean. it's the things that he's set up. And it's like, yep. is he? Oh my gosh. We've dude. seen a lot of flashbacks, too. So maybe he did stuff that we don't know about yet. Yep. And then we're just flashbacking for the re- Dude. So speaking of flashbacks, I, I uh, this th- is actually... Go ahead. This is one of the things that I brought up as well when we were just talking outside of the recording here. I want to know what the fuck is going on with Sabatha. <laughs> they keep <laughs> mentioning her over and over and over and not <sighs> once have we actually seen her yet. At first for a while there, I'm like, is she the Great King? Like, is she the Great King? <laughs> and then they, they talked about how, like, Loxie, and I'm sitting here like, we still don't know exactly who the Great King is, so maybe it's done. I have done. It's Honestly, making me frustrated in a good way to where I'm like, I just need the closure. I need the payoff because yeah. it seems like they're building up <laughs> something with her. I'll, I'll, I'll say the first time I read through, I was the same way about Sabbath. I was like, when is she going to show up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I can't wait for you guys to scream at me and Dylan sometime part, this yeah. week. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that uh, the the rebel was one of the talking points that I had written in our, our show notes. Um, I wanted to ask you guys what you thought, uh, basically about the world building as a whole, which you kind of got into. But the Contra yeah. Requialas, the the shark fighters, um, and the devil fish, um, that kind of thing. So and then a- also. Oh, good, good. Oh, I was gonna say not only those, just like the actual things in the world. I like just with his writing style. I do like when they mentioned like, oh yeah, people being fed to the fish, etc. Yeah. When like the blood pools up in the water, he even points out in his writing that hey, that's planned for because the next event is when they're all you know actually fighting and you actually are like when it brings out all the girls and everything for their fight. The reason why they bloodied the waters is to cover like the fish and everything. Every little detail is just planned out because it seems like, honestly, he had the idea for everything yeah. built through the story. Yeah. He's like a master DM and he knows what everything is going <laughs> to look like. And he's like... Very very easy to railroad the characters when you make the characters. Exactly. Just, just, just planning all of uh, all the, of Locke's games, I feel like you've got to be such an intelligent person, you know? Dude, mm. yeah, that's, that's right. Like, half the stuff like i'm still trying to figure out what he's doing with half of his stuff like so half of it. i do ahead. want to come back to that as a topic as well before we gloss over the revel but there's something that uh come after the revel that we can get to that i want to bring up okay let's talk about let's go with the revel then so i like i kind of already talked about how i enjoyed it a lot um and i'm excited to see where well so comes, that's yeah go ahead um the the world building was something i wanted to ask about but then also the scene itself um how the scheme kind of gets revealed um or at least you know a, a big chunk of it gets revealed out the where, goal, yeah yeah what his game with the salvaris is how he's getting in yeah but um i was gonna, that's what i was going to say about that scene was like in the background all that stuff's cool like i noticed it but like i was so enthralled with 
Locke's game and like trying to figure out what he wanted. And then it, you see it at, at face value here, and he talks about how they got the the different cask, how he had to uh, go win, go cheat a card game and win this one cast. Talisham, yeah. And then yeah. he had to spend all that money trying to get back and escape from assassins. And then he talks about how the new cask is just an old cask and like a mixture of cheap shit. He convinces them it's, it's this fancy stuff. And then like, we see him go from that to like, we see him pull him in and we're like, he pulled him in, he tricked him. And then we see this midnighter thing happen. And when you yeah, first meet the midnight, tell you that it's Locke yeah. and John. Or yep. not Locke and John, Locke yeah. And so that's what I wanted to talk about is when that happened, I, I fucking fell for the game. I was yeah. sitting here like, there's no way that like this happened. This is where the story's going. Yep. And then it cuts immediately to them before they happen, and then Slock and Jean going in, and I'm like, I fucking fell for it. Like I fell for <laughs> it. Yeah. No, it's a really yeah. good. So what do y'all? So going with that, what do y'all think about the scheme? I do thought the like? scheme was. I thought it was genius. I mean, literally, they say it in the book where it's like, oh, this is our biggest heist yet, and yeah. we, it's the easiest fucking thing we had to do. All we had to do is tell mm -hmm. him how we're doing it. Yeah. We don't even have to buy the ships or get yeah, the crew. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it also, it got me to that part, because I, um, I was listening to the audiobook while I was at work, mm. and, um, like, the scene's going on, and I'm like, okay, wait, here's a new character I'm going to know, and, like, how does he know who Locke is? How does he know what this stuff is? And then it swaps over to their POV, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> am I that gullible? But it, I'm like, but am I really gullible? Like, <laughs> that's not something you should think about, you know? So, um, but yeah, I don't, Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. I do like, too, that they bring up a lot of things during that scene when he's faking to be, one, oh, I'm forgetting what their name are now. Midnighters. The Midnighters, yeah. Um, how he brings up like, oh, how would you know what an unaged cast tastes like? Like it could have been fucking horse piss for all we know. And I had that thought when he brought out the unaged cast. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but how would the, how would the? Uh, I am terrible with names. I apologize. Don Salvara. Yeah. Yes, the Salvaras. How would they? I had that thought exactly. And then as soon as they're telling me everything, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not as clever as I thought I was. That <laughs> That was probably the best part. He he breaks his he breaks every all the work he did earlier. He breaks it all down. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. And basically makes it all pointless, but not really. Yeah. So, but um so he just they describe these midnighters multiple times. You think that's a real organization or you think uh, it's just like the thorn of Kamora. It's just myth, legend. Oh no, I think it's absolutely real. I mean, hell, the thorn of Kamora is law like it is based off of the gray king was you know a legend and then we meet him there's no way we aren't gonna meet them at some point i mean hell they even talk about it they tell bug that like no the midnighters are real the spider might not be but the mid riders are for sure real yeah yeah they talk about how the only people that can get away with anything and is uh barsavi and the midnighters yeah. away from the duke right. or whatever yeah but then part of me also thinks, like, could it be something that Locke has been planning to set up for so long and that it's myth oh, by that? God damn it. Why would you <laughs> put that in my brain? Because that's, that's what I'm thinking. his headphones off. Well, so, okay, what did you think of, coming off that point, what did you think of meeting Barsavi, the secret piece, and kind of Nazca. the way that Kamor, yeah, the scene of Nazca, um, and then how Kamor's underworld works. Like, what thoughts do you have on that? I honestly, I thought it was again. I keep saying, it, and I'm a broken record here, but it was well flushed out. I loved the scene. I was telling my sister about the book earlier today, and the scene I pointed to for like just good dialogue was between the uh, pawn shop owner and Locke when they're just bargaining mm -hmm. back and forth. The bullshit box. I was telling her how like, look. It's just a box, yet it is still described and explained why it exists very well. Like, yeah, yeah the as well as that it serves. Yeah, as well as how every just little thing, there's a reason for. Like, you can see the logic of like, okay, this is, is exists because of this or anything like that. One of my favorite like things from from 
I think it's that scene or maybe a little before, but it's talking about how Chains taught them how to do all this stuff spectacularly, and yep. they're spectacular at it, but they have no idea. He never taught them what, what to, to spend do the money with it. on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. just all all love, and they're like, oh, yeah, I is. love that point because it, it goes to show kind of like really their their personalities because they don't really have a, they don't need the money. They have yeah. no motive. Like there is literally no, no reason. Yeah. That they have to do this. They just love tricking. Fuck it. That's pretty much what it has turned into. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, th I think it's awesome that literally to them, theft is sovereign. It's like righteous because their God is the God of thieves. Mm -hmm. And like their death offerings, it has to be something stolen from someone else. And I don't yeah. know if you'll but, but Locke is a head priest for the 13 now. Yeah. The 13th God. Yeah, they do so, mention that. To so basically, later when Nazca died, they're like, oh yeah, he is a priest now. Like he, he's where Chains was when Locke came in. Yes. Yeah. So basically, it's almost like he's worshiping <laughs> by doing his mm -hmm. games. But So, I mean, going back point. with it, that, that's another thing too. They're literally called games from the get-go. Never is it a heist, never is it a robbery. Yeah. It's a game to them. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're trying to prove that they're cleverer than anyone else. Yep. I mean, cleverer they are. <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah, for better or worse. Although Lockta just get tossed over. <laughs> yeah. In a barrel of oh, he, he was all sewn up, man. He said he was all sewn up. That's another thing I love with the group and everything, too. Just the uh, lying bastard game that they play, like when they're eating dinner or just yeah. before mm -hmm. the whole event, where it's like, Literally, and I'm waiting for them to get to Bug and, like, how he gets into the group. But you see, like, oh, no, these are brothers and sisters that literally were raised together and not just, oh, we hired this guy. Yeah. Yeah. The the genuine camaraderie in these books is so, so fantastic. Like, yeah. it feels organic and, like, just genuine. Yeah. Especially, especially uh, Jean and Locke. Like, we see them when they first mm. meet. They they don't really like each other. Well, John's a baby, and Locke's... Well, I mean, I understand why he's crying, but um, Locke's, uh, <laughs> you know, Locke's, like, doesn't like him. He's like, this guy's not a thief. This guy has nothing to do with us. He's not ever going to be a part of us. And then that, that in, literally that end scene, we see the trust he has. He's getting the shit kicked out of him. He's like, I just got to... I just jaws coming, jaws <laughs> <Yep>. coming. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought that up too. That's actually my favorite scene from what we read, besides like chapter one in the prologue, is when Jaws kicking the shit out of Locke, just because it's like, okay, how do we get from like mature Jean to like, yeah, honestly, Jean's become my favorite character, like Jean's of everything. Really Anytime he's in a scene, I'm like, okay, I, I'm happy. Everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Jaw is like the pillar of. He's just like the pillar of the group. Like mm. in my opinion, like you got Locke and he's like the mastermind, but like when he needs to be brought back down to earth, Jaws there to be yep. like, I'm going to listen to you, but like eventually you're going to get over your head. Pop. I'm going to bite off more than you can chew. And then I'm going to have to handle it with fucking hatchets. hatchets. <laughs> Wait, that just reminded me or not reminded me, but made me think of a fun little question. If they were all D and D characters, what would their classes be? As like a band of adventurers, Locke is obviously rogue. Master. No, 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 no. I'd argue that he's a bard. Their whole shtick is acting. I'd go. I'd go with that bard. But yeah, I mean, bard, mastermind rogues. Sansa, Sansa, and Gal would Sansas, be rogues. Yeah, yeah I think the Sansas are rogues. And then uh, John John is fighter, monk, barbarian. Rage. I was thinking barbarian. I wouldn't say, I I wouldn't barbarian. say barbarian. I wouldn't say barbarian because I feel like barbarians in most D&D games barbarians are kind of dumb. Yeah. Well, John, to me, to me Jean is like Logan, right? You know, Chain says you go cold and make things happen. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's a I, I was yeah. feeling more like kind of thing to me. I was feeling more like well, so like in D&D &D, I, I don't know if it's still this way but it used to you had to be a fighter to dual wield. And so mm -hmm. <laughs> I was gonna do that, but also like kind of like throwing in like a like almost like a a dual class like fighter monk type. This is kind of the vibe I get. But okay, yeah, he's also a capable sneak thief, though. Oh yeah, he can still do a lot of that stuff. Right. Uh, Everyone so just has at least some kind of dual class. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a fun little question. Yeah, I just came to my mind. I thought oh, it would be fun. we can't leave out bug. Then we we did all the others. Oh, bug. Hmm. 
He's a grunt. He's like a level. Yeah, one. He's, <laughs> he's just a minion. <laughs> he's not even. He, uh, he, he has. He's, he's a side class. Like not even a player character or anything. You know just, what Bug it, reminds me of? Uh, hmm. uh, Regis from the Drizzt series. Just, yeah. No. I, definitely, I see it. Yeah. Anybody who's who's read those, look at them. But he's That's just true. a sarcastic little bastard. Yeah. Okay. So next big question: What do y'all think about? Bond mage, Bond's mages. And did y'all think y'all were gonna see magic at all when no, you first started reading it? Not no. at all. Yeah, like the way that like the world was kind of like set up with like this dark, grimy place. I was like, okay, well then there's probably not magic because if there was magic, then all the nobility would be the ones wielding it or something. If the world's this grimy and they're not, and so I'm like, okay, there's probably no magic. And then this. Yeah, happens. I fully, I fully expected to see some like ancient technology type thing because like we have the elder glass from like the civilizations thousands of years ago etc did not expect to see legitimate just magic up here though yeah just because they also kept it till what we don't meet the um yeah. the hawkmaster till like or the falconer until like what a couple parts or a chapter like before where we stopped off yeah like yeah. Mm -hmm. 300 pages in yeah which is wild. after after they've said two or, th I, I think it's been twice, how prohibitively expensive the Bonds Mage are, and that's why yeah. Barsavi thinks that he can't have a Bonds Mage. Well, like, did y'all pick up on how Bonds Mage work, or how that all works? About how, uh, so basically, all the Bonds Mages stick together, and they have like their own like area, yeah, yeah. and Pretty much join us or you'll die, and then they yeah take over and just teach specific people who are right. bound to their order type of exactly thing. and if it, i don't remember if it said it in this book but this isn't really spoil anything if it doesn't didn't but like if they find someone else using magic and they have people looking for them and they don't join the bonds mages they kill them yeah so James, like it's chain it, said that yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, it. it's a monopoly they have a monopoly on magic and they charge out the ass for it yeah so i i i really like the way the bonds mages are uh portrayed in the book and the magic system um and I really didn't think you're, we were going to have magic either when I first started reading, but like I really like the way he he threw it in there. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but they they brought up the bonds mages and like the whole group thing and all that, but they haven't actually explained how magic works yet. Correct. Yeah. Nope. Gotcha. No, nope. that's hard for me nope. because I like I like hard magic systems that are very clear. Well, we're not and... following a mage though. Yeah, I know, yeah. It may, and it makes sense. But hey, don't worry. When you get to the third book, you'll find out a little more about all of that. Okay, good. Stuff, so. so, speaking of like the I Falconer and everything too, I've been sitting here going back to like Barsavi and them saying there's no way he could have them employed. With him being a three ring Bonds Mage, I'm wondering if like either the Grey King is somehow correlated to Bonds Mages, if he really did just pay the Bonds Mage, if the Bonds Mage owes him like a debt or something. Like, why is he here? Why is the Falconer here versus just like. It could be just as simple as like, oh yeah, the Great King had a shit ton of money from something else, but it does That's explain that. You'll see. You'll see. It explains <laughs> it explains it in uh, very good detail. Gotcha. <laughs> this is where they turn around and go, Hey, the bonds made just sad with a hide in her face the whole day or some shit like that. <laughs> Wild turn uh... of events. Okay, what about so... you, Matt? Did you have any specific thing about Bonds Mages you liked, or not really? I'm just very intrigued. But like, I love. So the reason I started reading fantasy was because of magic, and I was like, this is just so dope. And so anytime yeah. magic shows up in books, I'm just I'm immediately just drawn to it. Like, okay, how does it work? What does it do? And then like, you're amazing. I really like the thing where he's like pulling the the strands between his fingers and like waving mm -hmm. like weaving shapes and, yeah. and things into it. Yeah, I thought so, you'd really get a kick out of that. Yeah. So actually, one of the things I forgot about too, I do like that they did mention at least somewhat is the limits of magic. How Barsavi's like, yeah, it said it protect you from quarrels and it would protect you from blade. My fist isn't either of those, so we were just able to beat the shit out yeah. of like right at the end. Yeah, there. it's like, he, it he is very it. specific things. It's very specific. Yep. But, um, what What y'all think about? Uh, so like. Another what thing I like about these books is the way they handled the the flashbacks to when they're kids. Yeah. Because it's not like every other chapter like you get a a bunch of shit and then it's like it's an interlude it's thrown yeah. in there and it every every one it has 
pertains to stuff we just saw. Yeah. Yep. And so like it explains things. What one of the things that I thought thought was interesting. What did y'all think about him sending each of them to the different religious orders, becoming almost like almost full priest in each religious order, yeah. and then coming back and teaching the other kids about that? Because I thought that was a, that was really cool the way Chains did that. Because the way he's like he says, no matter what happens. Passing as a priest can get you in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people stare at the robe, not the person in it. Yeah, yeah. I thought. I mean, I thought it's smart. Like Chains' entire, like, well, not his entire goal, but a big goal of his is to teach these kids how to, you know, impersonate and do these games essentially. And so, he's literally sending them out to almost on their own learn and then come back and then be like, all right, now you all are able to all do this together. You should not fail in this matter. You know, so yeah. The thing that I really like about it is that the characters never have to have a, like, level up moment, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, what Scott Lynch is telling you in those flashbacks is these characters know what they're doing, they're capable, you can trust them to make a good decision, even if it might still yeah. bite them in the ass. Yeah, right. there's no there's no power-ups. Like, we don't have to wait for them to get stronger. Like, they're, they're at where they're at, all, but they're all at... Their tools are in their possession yeah. and we just haven't gotten yeah. to either how they do or don't get out of yeah. the situation. Like we were right. talking about like we were talking about Locke last episode, he's like raw material and change took it and made it in ingots and then made it into metal and swords and all mm -hmm. that, like sharpened it and uh but I like 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 Whitson was saying, like it explains why they know the things they know. Like it doesn't just say they know this. Like yeah. it gives very good reasons of why they know what they know. Yeah, yeah, and it, again, yeah. it doesn't just list what they know or say they did this. It gives you a, a, a perspective, like their point of view of them learning the thing. Right. Uh, yeah. As I, well, which I always and like. And kind of going back a little bit to what Dylan said about how like it's laid out with like the interludes being like the flashbacks in a sense. I really like how this book is like just laid out where it's like mm -hmm. it has chapters, but the chapters are long chapters split into yeah. sections and the different sections are like different scenes essentially and then um it cuts away from the main story and goes back to the interludes and explains how they got the tools that they used or are going to use in the next chapter essentially and i just think it's really nice i do like mm -hmm. to during the interludes you see the progress of time like they yeah. mentioned you know the stanzas went off for a year like for their priesthood we got Locke going off for several months Hell. They mentioned them like getting even better just at cooking still like they've grown up yep. like three years and they finally made one good meal that changes like, you know what? That could that would pass. Yeah. Like we're seeing the progress as well as we're seeing, like you said, the raw materials of each person like Jean being the brawler, Locke being the brains, but absolutely worthless in a fight. Uh, Chains mentions like the Sansas will be silver and everything, but never the gold like they will always be. Just jack of all trades. Jack of all he's trades. Second best but they're a jack of all trades, and there's two of them. Sabathus, wherever besides, the fuck she is. They keep mentioning besides that. Besides gambling. Besides gambling. The besides gambling. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which the, 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 scene, the scene where Locke is about to go off to be a farmer, and he says, I'm going to be the worst card player in the borough. Yep. And the Sansas are like, yeah. Bye. Yeah, Bye. yeah. <laughs> See, I like the it's scene just... when they're they're about to go into Barsavi's office yes. and just pull out the cards. The guards take a step back like they're scared. <laughs> Dude, I love his line. He's like, what? Everything you've heard is a story. Like, I swear, everyone in that room except for me was having a bad day. Like... <laughs> yeah, I love no, that everyone I love that scene. So it's just like, eh, just whatever. Like, also when they're at the um, Black Alchemist, they just kind of like, hey, you know, we're still available. Like, you know, huh? and the uh, Black Alchemist and her daughter are just like, yeah, so moving on. And like, they just completely gloss over them every time. And, and every girl at the Gilded Lilies knows exactly who they are. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. every one of the girls. He says like, he's going to cut their tongues out, and they're just like, well, we have a use for those. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing, too. I love that, Um, just again, going back to the camaraderie, where they're all, like, giving Locke shit at the table to get over mm -hmm. Sabatha, and like, hey, you know, literally, just go get laid, man. And then finally, he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And they all turn, and they're like, so what happened to Sabatha? Like, they all immediately <laughs> yeah. just <laughs> yeah. 180. 180. Only for the, the next scene is for Locke to be at the Gilded Lily just going, I'm sorry, it's not you, it's me. It's like, oh my <laughs> god, what the fuck? 
It's pathetic. So fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I think that... No, actually, I did want to ask you guys. The House of Glass Roses is one of my favorite fantasy settings. Um, I just want to ask you guys what you thought of that. I think it's really I cool. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Like, especially too that they brought up the question of like, is that actually blood or is that like just you know the design, etc. And then they show the um the master literally putting the bloody rapier in and the roses sucking it up. It's like suck the blood up. That yeah. is beautiful. The, like the imagery I, used to describe yeah. it and like it really engulfs you inside of it and i really liked it yeah, yeah. And... oh god go for it uh, uh, i was just gonna ask what they thought about the the don that's teaching him like the way he is and how he's talking about the the kids and all that and how he was one of the three fa farmers that chains talked about yeah well it was it was ch chains him and the farmer were mm -hmm. war buddies and um they were the only three to survive or something like that I thought that was great because going back to our first episode, that's what I wanted. I wanted more backstory of like, hey, I want to know about Chains before he dies off for whatever reason. And then now we're seeing like, hey, it's not just him. There's a, literally could write a probably whole prequel book if it's not already explained in the other two books, like about Chains and what led up to that war and everything versus just. God, I just from, I, I loved it from your mouth to Scott Lynch's ears. Mm hmm. That's, I, need, uh, <laughs> I need a chains book. Another thing that I find really interesting about his writing is there's a lot of, and you, this y'all are going to be like going back and overthinking things now, but there's there's a lot of things that are mentioned that seem not important at all, and then you hit the end of the book and it's like, oh, that that was really important. <laughs> he oh, mentioned the rereads are. I mean, it is, it is Dude, just. I love juicy. a good book that has good rereadability. So, so actually, let me ask that for you two who have read the book. Is there anything without like spoiling anything that you're catching on while rereading and going, oh shit, like how did yeah. I not? Yeah. So so, uh, this is like our fifth reread. So like not as much, but like the first the first reread I did. I caught so much because like he'll just mention little little stuff offhandedly but there's a reason it's mentioned and you'll find out later and like did y'all catch the scene in the um uh the market at the very beginning now that we know about the falconer yeah so yeah, the, the I was, that just reminded me too when they even bring it up later like hey we saw it i went back and listened to it and hear, hearing about the scorpion hawk i was just like yeah it was there like it yeah. was it was in our face and i just yeah, well, I, I will say I have noticed this time, and I, I hadn't on my previous rereads. There are points where Scott Lynch will literally tell you exactly what is going to happen in the story. He will tell you verbatim, word for word, exactly what is going to happen in the story, and you just don't know. You just don't know well, until I mean, later. It's You're like, like it's like Locke telling uh telling the Salvari or whatever that I, this is literally how I'm scamming you. And yeah. it's it, it's the exact same thing I feel like so I'm not gonna a lot be surprised of things when I, it happens. Like I said, I mean, a lot of the be, things a lot of things I notice are stuff that's just like it just seems like it's just added for extra detail or added for scenery, but then like later it'll come up again and it'll be like, oh, that was really important. Oh, why are they like? That's why that happened, or that's why these people were this way, and yeah. So oh. like. Everything has a purpose and a meaning. Yeah. So to kind of go back to, because I feel like we just kind of glocked over uh, Barsavi's daughter dying. Yeah. And <laughs> going to be stuck in your head now. This is your fault. I've been sitting here wondering, like, okay, is she actually dead? Because the Grey King has a three ring bonds mage. She isn't like burned. She wasn't cremated or anything. They prayed over her, but I'm sitting here like, they introduced her as a kid. You got one scene with her as an adult, and the next time we hear about her is Nazca's dead. So I just in my brain, I'm like, oh, is it another trick, or is this just she's dead? A good question. I, yeah, fuck you both. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a I really like question. I really like Nazca as a character too. I did too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, I like whenever um, Locke was going in to meet with. Um, her dad, Barsavi. what's his name? Barsavi. Oh, yeah. And, like, she met him in the hallway and was like, please just, like, say yes, we'll work it out later, but I can't tell you what it is. I was like, oh, he wants Locke to marry her. 
And then he yep. goes, and I'm like, okay, bet I called this or whatever. And then they leave, and they're like, all right, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get out of this. They're like, I like you as a friend. I was like, okay, I really like their dynamic with each other. They're really good friends. Like, they yeah, genuinely I, want the best for each other. That really then, did oh, my bad. No, no, it's fine. And then, like, she, she's just dead. And I'm like, okay, what happened? <laughs> like, so See, I really did like that, too. That threw me for a twist, because I was fully expecting, like, okay, now Locke's going to love her, then Sabatha's going to show, and it just be a stupid love triangle that's, right. like, you know, the cliche love triangle. And then immediately she's like, look, I like you as a friend, Locke. I love you as a friend, but as a friend. And then it's just yeah. like, oh, you know what? This is going to be great. I want to see their die. And she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Although, but, like, it, it did get yeah. me thinking, like, okay, if Locke goes through with this or whatever, he's legitimately going to, like, be married into this family. And I'm like... Yeah. This does royal the gig... family, basically. Yeah. Does the gig stop there? Like, or can you be like, all right, fine, I made it? Or do you keep playing the game? Like, you know? Yeah. But... That is that is a really fun... I've thought about that a couple times. I think that he would be playing the game with the secret piece still intact and not a Nazca running the underworld, I think he would still be poking holes in the secret piece with the gentleman bastards all the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just in his nature. It's literally what he, I mean, they're doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. He has fun. larceny in his heart, boys. Yep. He has larceny in his heart. <laughs> oh man. The more and more I'm reading. Yeah. No, that statement. <laughs> I'm going back true. and rereading stuff that, yeah. He likes stealing stuff more than stuff. Yeah. More than stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Epic. That's like, like the... We're going to finish this book and then it just immediately turn around and start flipping through the pages again. <laughs> That's like when he gets his first uh, little uh, release of the leash to go get that body. And he turns getting the body into a whole scheme against an entire area of the the the, the kingdom. And for days, they're just bringing offerings like, "Hey, I'm sorry this happened in the market district." <laughs> and meanwhile, El Galdo's the one that stole the money from him, and Locke just pretended, you know, got all the candles for free and everything. Like, I I love that that game because that's like his like that's his first time interacting with Galdo and uh, uh, Carlo and getting them in the part of the game and. Chains is just laughing. Uh, yeah, I do love that like moment of pride from Chains where he's like, this little bastard. Yeah, and Locke doesn't even think twice about it. He's just like, yep. well, what? I wasn't going to let us lose money on this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We had to recuperate our costs somehow. Okay, well, I think that we have most of the past stuff wrapped up and even even most of the game, I think. But the Grey King, we haven't really gotten into. Yeah, we yeah, haven't dived into him. I want to do the scene or on the her. trailer. Too, He's really sad about Yeah, or yeah. So, well, is that bo- is that both y'all's uh, y'all's guess? That I honestly don't think so at this yeah. point. It was a thought I had at first, but also I wouldn't be extremely surprised if it suddenly did happen. I honestly have no clue who yeah, the Grey King that's, would be. That's the that's that like where I'm at where I'm like, you know, I'll just throw out a random guess. Sure. Sabatha's the Grey King. Yeah. Like cuz I have no idea. Also, that's the assumption that the Grey King is anybody except just the Grey King. Right. Like that could just be what they are until they're no longer relevant to the story. Or well, what changed. what reason does he have to be in Camor trying to trying to take over the underworld? Oh, that actually made me just start thinking. Uh, sorry to kind of jump past your question with another question, but who was the person <laughs> that talked to Barsavi about the Bonds Mage and everything? Like, not Locke, but they do mention that uh, one of the great one kings men. went to him. That's another Which really I, good question. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> i literally i mean we haven't gotten much on the gray king and now that it completely upended my expectations i still have no good guess on what the gray yeah. king's doing i'm in the same boat i, I genuinely have no idea i'm just, I like, just want to continue reading on so i find out it's even a case... couple hints about his appearance his accent you know some, some yeah. small stuff, but might be worth a reread if you're trying to solve the puzzle before <laughs> before it gets answered. Uh, like I said last time, I'm along for the ride. I, if it's got to trick me and I got to reread the book, I will gladly do it. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, what did you think of the scene where Locke poisons himself? That sounds really funny to me. 
I thought it was great. Yeah, it was funny. I enjoyed the, the dialogue. Down the trellis. Yeah. Yeah, and then then when they sneak down the trellis and the and they end up in the woman's room after her lover is like well, trying all to three climb out or climb again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, husband love, comes I, love, in. I love Locke looking over at her while Jean and her husband are fighting. He's like, would you just pick a man to root for already? Like... <laughs> My favorite is when when the guy busts in and Locke says, "You've got it all wrong. She came first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! And then John says um, he's not going to tell anyone. He'll tell them it was eight men when they all had cl- uh, yeah. cudgels. Yeah, and meanwhile, just Jean. Um, okay, what about the? Well, let's talk about the scene uh, that we ended on. The echo hole. The echo hole. The bondsmaid just escorts yeah. him over, says, so, hey, I got your back, and then they send the dude up that is dying anyways, and it's like, hey, if you touch him, you die an easy death, but um, if you live, I'll give you riches. And So yeah. I want to know if you saw it coming. I definitely didn't think it was going to go the way that like Locke saw it going, where he just plays the Great King and walks out fine. I didn't know exactly that it was going to be the barrel of piss, I'll say, but I fully expected him to get his ass kicked, if not flat out, like, killed. Um, and I was legitimately worried and everything, where it's like, oh, they, this is actually it. They might actually kill him here. And then as soon as they said, oh, throw the barrel over the waterfall, set him out to sea, I'm like, oh, well, Jean's over the waterfall. They said that's their escape plan if shit went, to, like, bad. So now I'm just sitting here like, okay, well, Jean's going to get the barrel. He's got axes that they keep bringing up and he hasn't used yet. Break open the barrel. Like, maybe Locke's dead. Maybe, who knows? He drowned. Or maybe, I have no clue. That's I feel I'm like... At. I was like, I was like, Locke has plot armor. He's not going to die. But also at the same time, I just don't know at this point. One of the things that I am scared for, but also I really doubt it's going to happen, is that Bug is the one who's like, yeah, over the waterfall! And then once they throw it, like, the Baron sees him, and, or Barsavi sees him and goes, why the fuck are you here? Like, that's when then the uh, Barsavi starts to, like, catch on, like, hey, maybe Locke isn't as, you know, truthful to me as he's been, or at least yeah. I thought he was. I think it's... That... Inter- Sorry, that just made me... Go for it. Going into what you were just saying about Barsavi trusting Locke, I think that their interactions were, are interesting because he puts a lot of faith in Locke. And Locke mentions multiple times, like, he's one of the lowest earners. Yeah. So, like, I I find it interesting that, that Barsavi, which, I mean, Barsavi says it's because Locke's always, like, consistent or whatever. Um, but I always thought it was really interesting about how much faith he put into Locke, or even wanting to marry his daughter off to him. Uh, the well, he says it's yeah prudence um prudence. he he also says like Locke never brings him the same amount it might be yeah. higher than the average or lower than the average but he's not afraid to walk in there and say hey we didn't make as much this week or hey we made a ton this week yeah um and so he thinks that Locke is honest when Locke has never told the truth in his fucking life yeah <laughs> not once so that actually started making me think, too, because they mentioned that Nazca was able to keep that all in a mental note, like people bringing in the same stuff or bringing in different amounts, etc., which now made me start questioning, is everything going to start falling apart because it was all in Nazca's head? And Barsavi's not used to doing this anymore because his daughter kind of took over on at least the financial stuff like that, because they mentioned that she would go and write him a personal ledger to keep, you know, at privately, even though he would never admit it. But if she is truly dead... Is it going to fall apart, all that knowledge that she had? Or is it just going to be like, nah, Barsavi still knows what the fuck he's doing. He's been in the game too long to not. I just, uh, the more and more we're talking, the more and more I'm realizing I have questions that <laughs> will get I answered. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> his character's interesting, too. I, I love the the aspect of his theatrical aspect. Like, he was in theater or whatever they said. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he's Ooh. so dramatic about things one of the so i wouldn't have even thought about this again i I just looked at our show notes and saw the question and and show notes um the sage kindness scene that's also also one of my favorite scenes where he talks about the bag of glass and how he's breaking it up and then he puts it on his head and he starts massaging it gently like oh my god it's so brutal honestly made me 
squeamish. I was at work, just like, oh, I yeah, need dude, to get me through too. this. Like... Me too. Dude. I was like, oh, gosh. They said they started poking where the eyeballs were. Yep, and I was just yep. like, oh. That's oh. fucking gnarly. Fantastic. Um, well, I think I think we've covered the big story beats. Is there anything like yeah. generally or like you know miscellaneous scenes that you like one liners? What y'all think about that last hit where they're like, "Hey, this is from Lock Lamora." I I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully was expecting it to be like, "Oh yeah, we'll get a punch in for you," and then they just they actually did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it happened. Yeah. No, I just love that Locke is getting punched because he fucking spoke up. Like, once again, him just not shutting the fuck up got him an extra hit. Hmm. Yeah, he had to... He had, to... <laughs> <laughs> had to do it to him. Had to play it up. Mm. Even though he was fucking dying. <laughs> He's like, let me add a, a theatrical flair to this. Yep. Um... Oh. So, what that does Well... Before we fully shut off, just going back to world building as well, and I brought this up and just now remembered it. Going with uh, Locke's poisoning and when the Sansas were there, how the Black Alchemist like was even raking the coins into a bag to not directly touch it. I love just mm. the little small touch like that where it's like, oh yeah, the coins could have been poisoned. Or like they mentioned, you know, hey, Black Alchemists don't live this long if they aren't cautious about every little thing. Like just once again, more world building and detail that just adds layer upon yeah. layer upon layer. Yeah, it's really good. One more thing I had was, what do y'all think about the priests and priestesses of Azaguia? Mm. The lady along silence, the creepy. Yeah, I I didn't find her that creepy, and I actually listened to that part twice because I thought I was missing something. And I get Locke and them were kind of freaked out, but I honestly thought it was more so that they were worried about having it being blown than just them being creepy or anything of that. Is the thing is yeah. the thing about the thing in this book, or is that in Red Seas? They're speaking in code about John. I know. It's this. That's book. This book, isn't it? Yeah, it's this book. Okay, okay. That's why I was thing. asking because I was gonna say y'all learn more about them. Okay. But... See, I I really just want scenes now, and maybe it happens with more later interludes where it is like the Sansas, and not even Locke, where it's just, like, them at their priesthood for a month, or a week, or whatever. Just seeing more world-building that's not yeah. directly related to Locke, or anything that's going on with him. I love how like, they if, each have, uh Talking about their priesthood you just brought up, I love how they each have a specific way they would kill themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always mm -hmm. thought that was fucking hilarious. So actually, that reminds me of a thought I had as well. When you guys last time were talking about like, oh, this is going to be the part we cut off. I was expecting one of the Sansas to die here. I was expecting for one of the mm -hmm. twins to just die off. And that's like the dynamic where you guys are like, okay, this is it now. And I, maybe it'll happen at the end of the book or later. I still fully expect one of the gentleman bastards to die by the end of this book. You want some stakes? I I mean, I love not necessarily it has to be death. I just fully expect something to, you know, there's going to be a moment where it all blows up in their face. I love me a good character death. And by that, I mean, I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> Hell, going well, back to that. <laughs> oh, is that y'all's uh, prediction? That's y'all's predictions. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Matt, you go first. I need time to think. Dude, I, I don't know. I genuinely Where do you think the know. game's going to go? What, what do you think's going to happen? You think Locke's making it, or if he's drowning? I think Locke's it? making it. I still Locke, think he has plot armor. He's definitely alive. He has yeah. plot armor. He can't die. They've prepared somehow for this exact scenario with some niche plan already in the works that they're ready for it. He's definitely making it. I don't know where they go from here, though. I have no idea. See, um... Yeah, no, I have no clue. I think they're still going to keep trying to push the Don Salvara game as long as they can, because they have mentioned, you know, three different times now yeah. about stopping, and Locke's like, ah, no, this isn't this isn't affecting us with the Great King. They're two different things. Uh, and I definitely feel like Varsavi's going to find out about Locke at some point. Like, I feel like that's got to be a plot point. where, Or maybe not Varsavi directly, but like one of his sons. But then Barsarvi won't believe it because he thinks Locke is that trustful and everything. Hmm. Yeah. I fucking hate that! Hmm. 
Why? <laughs> Dylan makes me upset mm. in this moment. Oh. <laughs> I can't know. wait for that moment to come back and yell at you guys now. I just, uh, just to have a, I was right, or I'll fuck you guys. <laughs> oh, you will yell at us. You, I, I, I'm excited for next episode. I'm, I'm also very excited. I'm excited to continue reading on because we got a lot, a lot to cover. I'm also excited for when y'all want to read Red Seas and, and Republic of Thieves. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, Talvarar. Uh, I cannot. I was going to say see Talvarar and the Ghost Isles and all that stuff. Yeah, Gosh. I've already bought the second and third audio <laughs> <laughs> they, they are so good Me too they are, I, I i wanted to i've always said the first one's my favorite just because we get introduced and there's like so much like it's so good but like mm. red seas and republic both like red seas the game is one of my favorites mm. but republic like the story the story in republic and the way it ends is Mm. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's, my mm. thing is, Kamor is my favorite setting, maybe in yep. all of fantasy. Um, but the second book, the narrative and the characters of the second book are just top, yeah. top, top tier to me. Even, even more than this one. Yeah. Honestly, even it get rid of the gentleman bastards completely. I would still it's... love another book just in this world. Yeah, like yep. focusing on something completely different. Yep, set it 500 years before or after Locke's whole, like, group and everything. And just, so, like, it's just so good. It, that's all I can say. <laughs> I've been re literally recommending it to everybody, and I'm not even done with the book, let alone <laughs> the series. Like, yeah, it only gets better. Oh yeah. God! I'm, I'm so happy that you're that that you yeah, haven't read is... books in a while, and you're yeah. getting like really. Yeah, I haven't awesome. read probably since high school. It, I mean, I read a couple of times like on trips and stuff like that, but most of it was either rereads or just a small mm -hmm. like manga or something. And now I'm just I'm obsessed with it again. Yep. Like it has re-sparked everything. Literally my bookshelf like way back here uh, if I can do it full of everything. We got two of them now. And I think Sky's actually bringing home some more later today. She was getting more stuff from a store. That's awesome. Hell yeah. I got my bookshelf too. So <laughs> I need one. This my books since we moved have been. <laughs> those are That's cookbooks, not... though. Oh, those are cookbooks. Those they're are cheap. Cookbooks. They're easily replaceable. I don't really have space like in my room, but like I've got this like this whole storage room outside that I thought about turning into like a little library because it's air conditioned. It's so, like I could put bookshelves all the way around it and put like a little nook. It'd be pretty cool. That would be yeah, that would be awesome. awesome. Not only I just remembered I I have these two here where we move most of our books, but also along this whole wall right here is just a bookshelf. They're half height, but Time I forgot how it. much I actually own. <laughs> hey, if and you join the Discord, more. send us a picture of your uh of Oh your yeah. Bookshelf. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that would uh, be fun to be do. fun. Maybe we most can pull up some of the the most egregious ones and the the most that would like be funny. Swag in place of like ones. a fantasy question, we could rate we should do bookshelves a, one week. Yeah. We should do another tab. Speaking of fantasy, we should do a tab on there where they answer fantasy questions that we've answered. Oh yeah, oh, oh. yeah, that's a fun idea. We can definitely. If do anybody that. has any other fun ideas for the Discord, we're launching it basically with just forum channels or chat channels for yeah. the books that we've done, and then um, maybe we'll have like a create thread option for book recommendations and that kind of thing. Well, we're super open to feedback on the Discord. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah, we'd like to have It's a definitely a community yeah. Discord, so. We want the community's input on it, especially as we build it and grow it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But with all that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Lies of Locke Lamora. Um, as always, like share, like, and subscribe on YouTube or follow on your preferred platform because we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and we announced the Discord. If you uh, want to join it, we'd love for you to join it. You can. It's also a great place to put your fantasy <laughs> questions, so you can ask <coughs> questions on the Discord, um, and just talk with other people who love books as much as we do. Um, that link's gonna be on YouTube and Facebook, right? Yeah, and we're gonna YouTube try to get Facebook. it on Spotify. Is there like a description where you can put it on Spotify? I think or? I'll see about that. Hopefully, okay, Spotify it should has be. link trees, but I don't remember how to actually set them up. Yeah. Well, I think our server has to be like boosted to level three for us to have a permanent link. So we'll right. just have to update it, um, like per YouTube episode or something. It'd be yeah. a little hard to keep up with on Spotify. And uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but we could probably do it. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, again, our next month's book is uh. 
The Emperor's Blades by Brian Stavely. And so if you want to read along with us, go ahead and order it so that way you're ready to read alongside us because I'm really excited for it. So uh, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and end the episode. So we will see you all next time on The Tone Travelers. Mm-hmm.